Well, hey, Life Church, it is so great to be here with you today. As Pastor Aaron said, my name is Kevin. For those of you who do not know me, um, and I want to take a second and introduce the family to those of you uh, that we would be new to you. For those of you who do know us, man, we feel right here at home with you. So we just wanted to say thank you so much for having us, Pastor Aaron, Miss Tammy. Thank you for having us uh, share today. We're so honored, so blessed to be here. But uh, as you'll see on the screen, this is a picture of our family. This is my beautiful bride, Noel, of 13 years. These are our two boys, uh, London, who just turned nine, and then Ezra, who turned six. You know, we just finished our first term of being missionaries in Europe, and we were working with an incredible organization who this house knows very well called Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is an organization that does incredible things all throughout the world, but our focus, specifically in Europe, is we partner with local churches in France to see their communities thrive physically, spiritually, and socially. And so it's, it's been such an honor uh, to partner with Convoy of Hope and to continue the work. We're going to be going back to France, moving to the city of Toulouse, and we're going to continue our work there, working with some incredible local churches and also working with the most marginalized and vulnerable communities right there in France. We're so excited to be here. Again, it feels like being home here at Life Church, and we wanted to start to just start it out right and say thank you. Life Church, thank you for sending us. Thank you for being our home church that sent us on our first term and that's preparing us, getting us ready to go again for our second term. We cannot thank you enough for that. We're going to dive right in this morning. If you have your Bibles, uh, it, it just turn to Isaiah chapter 58. If you don't, uh, the reading will be on the screen as well for you. As you're getting there to Isaiah 58, we'll start with verse 6. Uh, as you're turning there or clicking there, whatever you're doing, this morning, I want to talk about something that this house knows much about, and that is generosity. I want to talk about something that is encouraging, hopefully, and also something that is challenging as well. This is a subject that we, we really, truly can all take a step further into, but I want to say that this is a subject that you know a lot about. This is a subject that we have been the benefactors of in our time in Europe, and I just want to share some stories about how you have helped Life Church. So I hope that this morning will be an encouragement to you. Isaiah chapter 58, starting with verse 6, says, Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. And if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourself, I want you to just listen to this, just take this in. If you, if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for our time here. God, I pray that you would speak. Let these be your words. Let it be an encouragement. Let it be a challenge. Let it be something that you move us all further into, God. 
this generosity that you've already put within every single one of us. God, we love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and here's why. I feel like what God is doing here is he's showing us what generosity is. He's giving us a definition. He says, if you spend yourself on behalf of the most poor and vulnerable and marginalized and people around you, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your night will become like noonday. So to put it in, in simple terms, it's almost when we step out into generosity, the lights come on, right? Praise God for lights, right? Light brings us clarity. It's, it's something that we get up in the daytime and we thank God for the sunrise and another day to happen. I remember being on a trip um, in Columbia. I was in Bible college and we did a missions trip to the Amazon River and we got on these boats and we traveled down the Amazon River and went to all of these different villages and all we had were backpacks on our backs and tents inside of those, two-man tents, and it was really hot. It was in the summertime and it was an incredible trip. So every night when the sun would set, uh, many of the places that we were, there was no electricity, right? So it was very dark. We would have candlelight eating our dinner, which was this wonderful fish soup from boiled Amazon river water. Nothing to worry about there. It was delicious. Uh, but one night we made our way into this village and we were starting to settle in. And I had heard uh, from, from somebody that this village we were going into had a giant python there. Um, and I'm not a fan of snakes. I don't know if you are. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I think there's a reason why uh, the devil was a snake in the book of Genesis. But for me, I'm not a fan, but I kind of shrugged it off, right? I thought, is what it is. We'll go into this village, preach the gospel. We we're handing out Bibles. It was incredible. So we went into this village, and we had the privilege that night to sleep in a church building. Usually, we were in our tents outside, but this time we were in a church building so it was great. We had a roof over our head. So the church had these, uh, these wooden slabs, right, that um, it was kind of on stilts, and then it had these wooden slabs. It was probably about a foot off of the ground, but you could see through, right? There were big, pretty big cracks in these wooden slabs. Anyways, we were getting to sleep, and we were sleeping in two-man tents. How many know a two-man tent is not made for two men or women or two people, period? It's not. It's a one-person tent. But we, we figured, let's get two-man tents for two people. And our missions pastor was with me. And uh, he, uh, he was a bigger gentleman. He was an older gentleman, all right? So after these days of trekking through these different villages and being on boats, he was wiped out, right? So I got him this little fan. Uh, you know those, those little handheld portable fans? I got him one of those because you got to take care of your pastor, right? Took care of my pastor, got him a fan. Every night this fan would come on and he would go out quick. So the fan would come on, zzz, and then you would hear it as he would like lower his arm and it would clip his face, you would hear and then it would stop. And I would reach over, turn it off, night, night, put his covers on him, just playing, didn't have covers, it was burning up. But anyways, every night the fan would go off. Well, this night was no different. The fan goes off, I turn it off. And I couldn't get to sleep. And it was like that moment at camp or when you get away and you feel like you're the last one up and everybody just went to sleep just fine and there you are. Um, well, I, that was me that night, and I heard a noise from up under me, and it sounded like this, this it almost sounded like a log was being pushed in, in the mud right up under where I was in the, in the wood, in the cracks there, and um, it, it 
kept getting closer and closer and closer. And in my mind, I'm thinking, surely somebody's not pushing a log up under the uh, church here. I'm not sure what's happening. And I, I could just tell that the log was moving a certain way. And in my mind, I was like, no, it's for sure a log. Somebody is for sure up under the church pushing a log because that makes sense. It makes more sense. And thinking it's a python right up under me, right? So I, I continued to hear this, and then I heard this hissing sound, and I knew. And I said, Lord, you got to take the will right here. Like, I, I can't take it. I need you to take the will right now. So I just stayed up. Couldn't go to sleep, obviously. Jesus did take the will, the snake, whatever the heck it was, just kept slithering onwards. And I was like, thank you, God. It's away from me. Thank you, Jesus. I continued to stay awake, obviously, because I was awake there. And I, I, I can't make this stuff up. I heard a deathly scream from a girl from inside of the church. I mean, oh! everyone woke up. Right? Everybody woke up, but it was still pitch black, okay? And I hear my missions pastor beside me, he woke up, everything okay? And then I hear, he was back out within five seconds. And I knew in my mind, I have an opportunity to save somebody who's being eaten by a snake right now. But I said, Lord, surely you would call somebody that's closer to the situation. I'm way over here in this side of the church. And that snake has gone over to that side of the church, and there's no way you would, you would want me to get up right now. So I froze. I froze. I couldn't find my flashlight. But thank God people turned on their lights. The snake had come through the cracks. I'm just playing. The snake did not come through. Thank you, Jesus. The girl was probably just burning up hot. She had a nightmare. She screamed in the middle of the night, right? Here's the point. Thank God for flashlights in that moment. I, in my mind, thought for sure we're all done for. It's done. The situation's over, right? It was a time of panic. It was a time of chaos. But thank God people had flashlights in that moment to shine clarity in the situation. Man, what a, what a time that we're in right now right, of, of a bit of chaos and a bit of things that are uncertain and unclear what the future holds. And here's, here's what I want for you to know today, is that when we step out in generosity, it begins to reveal clarity and vision and purpose for what God is doing. That's what God does when we step out and we are generous. It's like the lights come on, right? That's the first point today. Generosity reveals purpose, when we step out in generosity, we are imitating a creator God who loves us so much and created us in his image. And let's say this verse that we, most of us would know, for God so loved the world that he, one more time, for God so loved the world that he gave. We serve a generous God and he created us in his image and in his likeness. So we already have this generosity within us. And when we step out into who we are, it completely changes things. We're sons and daughters of a king who is generous. In the words of the Old Testament prophet Kendrick Lamar, I got royalty in my DNA. You already got it there. It's already in each of us this DNA of generosity. And so it's just stepping out into it and seeing the purpose that God has put right there within us. We've done a lot of work in Northern France and uh, we worked a lot with a church there uh, and a pastor who during the, the refugee crisis, which we like to look at as, as such an opportunity for God to move, but it was during the crisis of 2017 that he knew that he could do something to help. 
And this pastor began to go to the camps where the people were seeking refuge on their way. He was in northern France where people are trying to get across the English Channel into England in order to try to get work. And he knew that he could do something, so he saw that people needed shoes, and he went to these camps every single week with new pairs of shoes. They called him Monsieur Chaussure, which means Mr. Shoes. He would go and he would give shoes and a meal. Pastor Aaron's actually been to this camp with me. And one day he ran into a person from Ethiopia named Getanet. Getanet had had a difficult time in Ethiopia, and he knew that it was something that he needed to leave and try to find a better life from. It was war-torn, and he knew that life was done there. He had to make a path and go. So he made his way into northern France, and he met Pastor Robert that day. And he met more than that. He met generosity that day. He met hope that day in the form of a pair of shoes and a meal, and it completely changed his life. By Pastor Robert stepping into his purpose and generosity, it began to change the purpose of Getanet. Getanet that day said, who, who are you and what do you do? He said, I'm a pastor. He said, would you like to come to my church and see what we're doing? So he came to his church. Not only did he go to his church, but he stayed at his church week after week because he couldn't get into England. But after that, he said, you know what? I think I might just settle down right here because I found a home. I found people who have accepted me and loved me and have been generous to me. And his life was completely transformed and he gave his life to Jesus and continues to follow Jesus at that church to this day. It's because Pastor Robert stepped into something that was already within him, generosity. And here's what I want you to know, Life Church. By your giving to greater, you are the ones that are continuing to provide shoes and food for these people seeking refuge week after week after week. Generosity is, is usually something that doesn't just come naturally. It's something that we have to practice. Generosity is a journey that can only be enjoyed with practice. Just like any sport, you have to practice it to get better at it. Generosity is no different. It's something that we have to put in to practice. There's another couple that we work with. Their names are Bridget and Olivier. They're just down the road in Calais, France, and they too have a lot of people that are seeking refuge in their area. Well, Bridget and Olivier are close to that retirement age, and they're wondering, man, what can we do? And they thought, let's buy an RV. Let's, let's, let's do the coast of France. And besides that, let's take a lot of missions trips into Africa. They just had a huge heart for Africa. And one day Bridget was in prayer and God spoke to her, Bridget, Africa is coming to you. Stay where you are. So in that moment, she said, okay, let's just remain and continue to do what we're doing and be faithful at our church. And they remained. And, um, Pretty soon afterwards, uh, it was 2017, and millions of people made their ways onto the shores of Europe in search of hope and in search of a home. And thousands made their way into her backyard, into her community. And she said, God, I see now, I see what you're doing, but what do I do? <laughs> you see, sometimes when the need is so great, we say, God, what can we do to make a difference? I don't see how we can make a difference. But something that she did is she had open eyes to the most vulnerable that were there. And she said, what are their needs? And she began to ask. And many of these people had come in just the clothes on their back because they had to get up and leave right then. And she said, man, what is a way that I could give dignity to these people in the best way? 
Because many times we think that, that people seeking refuge are often poor and they're wondering, but many times they are people just like me and you who may have a job and working and families, and they had the money to actually get out of where they were. It's the ones who are poor that were stuck in those scenarios and often lose their lives. So these people are found there with just the clothes on their backs. And Bridget and Olivier said, what if we wash their clothes? We have a washer and dryer at home. What if we began to wash their clothes? So they started with one and one turned into 30 and 30 turned into 60. And there's many, many people who I could take you right now, smile and come up to them and give them a bag of clothes as they give them a bag of new clothes and they call them mommy and poppy because they've come in and just shared their generosity. And Life Church, what I want you to know is that from your funds that were given, they now have an industrial size washer and dryer where they're able to dry and wash hundreds of loads of clothes every single week because of your generosity. It starts with practice. It starts with, with us saying, God, I know that this is already within me. How can you use me? And Life Church, I want to say that you have been used and you will continue to be used. God is so good and there are so many people in need and he's putting generosity to us to imitate who he is in such a powerful way. You know, lastly, this morning, generosity takes a corner. Check out this video. There is more to be done. France is said to be one of the most spiritually dark places in the world, but we were blinded by the goodness of God that day at a church in Calais, France. See, that day as I closed my eyes and began to worship with the people around me that I've never met, I knew that I was worshiping with a church that was very much alive. I'm, I'm very happy because I'm, I'm, I'm in the beginning I come from Africa and uh, when you for the African people France is like a, a death country, evangelic death country but when I come in France during the, the last year I see many church growing on the statistic every 10 days you have one church you are created in France. It's, uh, it's very, very, it's a statistic, it's very crazy. Now I'll see many church have um, a, a construction project to, 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 yes. to, 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 to bring big, to, um, to increase the, 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 the room of the church. And many people give his life to Jesus and the journalists, newspaper, or talk about the, the growing of evangelic. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that we, are, we have a movement in France, but uh, this movement is, is so few if you can compare this for the lost, the people who are lost now in France. There's a story told in the Gospels of a meeting that took place in a house in a fishing village by the sea called Capernaum. The story goes that in, from this meeting, the house was packed out with people. The reason it was so packed is because Jesus was there. This great rabbi, this carpenter, the son of God decided to come back to a place he considered home to share about another kingdom, 
a kingdom of grace and forgiveness and love and healing. His presence filled the room and the house was filled that day. We, we need to, to have um, a revival in France, of course, and uh, it is necessary to, to pray for our friends. Yes. There is more to be done. When we take this story and turn the gem just a bit, it reveals another reality. Yes, it shows a packed house, but it also gives us a glimpse of the ones who were knocked in the house. It reveals the ones that are forgotten, in the margins, on the fringes, living life without a recognition of the presence of God expressed right down the street from them. We see God at work in the house, but we see the masses outside of the house. The brilliance of Jesus is that He would always give an invitation to the masses by focusing on the one. The first difficulty with the immigrants is that basically every couple days we're having them change location with their tents, their, all their things, their papers, their money. And if they're not there when the police come um, to intervene, then they lose all their possessions and everything. And they just throw everything into the trash can. Another thing we do is just do their laundry for them. We'll do that about four times a week. We'll give them something to eat or something else that we've been doing right now during Corona. We've given them our phone numbers or have gotten their phone numbers. And so we call them just to check in to see how they're doing. We just try to meet their needs, to lessen their burdens and to be able to give them hope. And we pray with them, of course. And they tell us that we represent mom and dad to them and that we are their family. When we look at these stories, we see not just one, but many people together, stepping in to say yes to Jesus. Because of that yes, we see lives that are completely changed. People brave enough to answer the beckoning invitation to help the other. Brave enough to take a corner and walk together to a life filled with hope. Because of that, they are now a part of this man's story. Today, we wanna to show you something. Whether you realize it or not, by partnering with us, with your financial support and your prayers, you were a part of carrying a corner for Get to Net. You were a part of washing clothes with Bridget and Olivier. You were a part of preaching a message of hope with Robert and Manu. You were a part of providing live stream cameras for over 50 pastors throughout every region of France to continue their church service during the pandemic. You were part of 11 Convoy of Hope community events that served 6,832 guests of honor. You helped serve 10,320 meals, 560 food parcels, 262 winterization kits, and 729 pairs of shoes to refugees across Europe. You took a corner and were a part of lowering men and women directly into the presence of Jesus. And in this beautiful story that is being written, there's been a great working of the Holy Spirit that has woven together all of these stories and you, you were a part of it all. There is more to be done.
there is more to be done. Some men, some women realized that generosity was already within them and they took a corner and they changed someone's life. It's like in that moment, the lights came on for them, for their purpose. They begin to put it into practice and say, man, I know I don't have much, but I know I can do this that's right in front of me. Man, I know that, that there doesn't seem like much, but man, maybe it is serving in life, kids. Maybe it's seeing an opportunity to give with greater. Maybe it's going on a missions trip when those resume one day in the future in Jesus' name. Maybe it's just stepping out and saying, God, I know that it may not be much, but I know that I have it within me. I know that I'm created in your image and that I can step out. When you step out and the lights come on, here's what I want you to realize. When you take a corner, here's what I want you to realize. It doesn't just stop with you, but it affects the millions of people who need to hear and feel and, and, and truly be transformed by the love of God. Getanet, who we talked about, who you saw in this video, Getanet is now the one in back of the truck handing out shoes and food to the ones who were in his position the first time. Bridget and Olivier are continuing to this day to wash clothes and to show people the love of Christ. And you, Life Church, you are continuing to give around the corner and around the world, and I hope that you see the impact, and I also hope that you see the continued need that is out there. Here's what I want you to know. It is already within you. The root word of generosity comes from a word that means of noble birth. Of noble birth. We are sons and daughters of a generous king who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he's put it up to us to change this world. So Life Church, thank you. Thank you so much for your generosity. And we walk together hand in hand to continue to see this world changed for Jesus. God, thank you so much for this time. God, I thank you for a church that would send us around this world to a nation that needs you so much, God. God, I, I thank you for that. And God, I pray for the millions of people who continue to seek refuge in this moment. Jesus, would you be with them? Would you comfort them? Would you reveal yourself to them? And God, I just pray a blessing over this house, God. I pray a blessing over the ones who have given and continue to give. I pray a blessing over the ones who are beginning to see what you've put inside of them. I just pray a boldness and a courage to step out and God, that you would reveal this beautiful purpose that you have for them and let the lights come on in their life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.